0: And enter code no girls at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com/slash no girls, code no girls. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also
3: empower you with a sense of complete control. Enter Conair GirlBomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate girl bomb grip and professional grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you.
4: And right now, people, I think, especially need to learn this lesson. That even when time seems the most difficult, we can make progress if we organize And if we organize, we can change the world, and we need to change the world.
0: There are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. In the wake of the devastating Supreme Court decision overturning Roe versus Wade, the Supreme Court decision that legalized abortion in the United States, I've been thinking a lot about the Jane Collective and Heather Booth. Today, Heather Booth is 76 years young, and when she was a young student in Chicago, she started the Jane Collective, an underground network that provided some 11,000 abortions from 1969 to 1973, at a time when abortion was illegal in most of the United States. I spoke to Heather back in 2018 when I was the host of the podcast Stuff Mom Never Told You. And re-listening to her story this week, I was reminded that when she was young, she was organizing to make changes that must have seemed super far-fetched until they weren't. It's a story of hope and promise. And I feel like we could all use a little of that right now. And just FYI, I was a much greener interviewer and podcast host back in 2018. So, you know, keep that in mind as you're listening. Hey, this is Bridget, and you're listening to Stuff Mom Never Told You. And today, we're continuing our series all about abortion, bringing you stories about abortion that you might not know about. And today's story is the Jane Collective. Now I want you to imagine, it's 1970, you're pregnant, and you need not to be. But Roe v. Wade is a few years away, and abortion is still illegal. Now, before this landmark 1973 Supreme Court decision, terminating a pregnancy meant taking a gamble on a back-alley abortion provider. Maybe they'd be competent. Maybe they wouldn't be. But when you're pregnant and desperate, you don't really have a lot of options. For women living in the 60s and 70s, this was a reality. And on Chicago's South Side, women began organizing an underground network to do something about it. In 1965, Heather Booth was a 19-year-old college student at the University of Chicago. Her friend's sister was pregnant and needed an abortion. Now, Booth had been active in the civil rights movement and connected her friend's sister to a doctor willing to perform an illegal abortion. After that, she started getting more and more calls from women, housewives, students, and the siblings of police officers. That's when Booth knew she needed to start a network. Known officially as the Abortion Counseling Service of Women's Liberation, Heather Booth started an underground network to connect women to abortions, Using the code name Jane, as it was still a crime.
2: I remember this ad that said, Pregnant, need help, call Jane. So I called Jane.
0: Jane ultimately served over 10,000 women before Roe v. Wade made abortion legal in 1973. In the beginning, the network connected pregnant women with doctors. But eventually, they realized that many of the people providing abortions weren't doctors at all. That's when the women in Jane started performing abortions themselves. The women were not doctors, but according to the Chicago Tribune, their skills were attested to by a doctor who risked his license by doing post-operative checkups on clients. At this point, the Jane Collective was providing abortions for as many as 60 women a week. Jane's facilities were raided by the police. During the raid, police asked all the women to identify the doctor who was performing the abortions, obviously expecting to find a man, but there was no man. The group was arrested, and the media called them the Jane Seven. After being indicted by a grand jury... Their case was only dismissed thanks to the Supreme Court's legalization of abortion in 1973. After this quick break, we'll hear from Heather Booth about how Jane got started. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It is crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women, seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or your community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways, but it's also made us homebodies, scrolling mindlessly. Well, you get the point. Let Rails to Trails Conservancy unstick you from home. When you get out on a trail and get to walking, you'll feel so good. Trust me. You'll see that being out on the trail is so much more than a day outside. It's good for your soul. Get ideas for getting outside on the trail from Rails to Trails Conservancy, the nation's largest trails, walking, and biking advocacy organization. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to Trails. Y'all know I love the internet, but a sad truth about it is that it can be a scary place, especially for women, people of color, and trans folks. We've talked to people on this podcast, whistleblowers, activists, and advocates who are making technology safer, who then become targets for doing that work. But the truth is, it can happen to any of us online. That's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Delete Me finds and removes any personal information you don't want online and makes sure it stays off. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me now at a special discount for our listeners today. Get twenty percent off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindelete.me.com/no-girls and use promo code no-girls at checkout. The only way to get twenty percent off is to go to joindelete.me.com/no-girls and enter code no-girls at checkout. That's joindelete.me.com/no-girls code no-girls. So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. Fearless Finance provides on-demand, comprehensive financial planning by the hour. It's a new way to get financial advice without all the headaches, high fees, and commitments that come with traditional financial advisors. Fearless Finance planners don't sell anything. No used car salesman vibe here. And that means no concerns about being sold something just for the commission that it earns a rep. Their planners meet you where you are on your financial journey. No judgment, whether you're looking to buy a house, optimize your savings, or just want to make sure your finances are okay. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS. (laughs) I am so, so humbled and thrilled to be joined by the legendary Heather Booth. Heather, thank you so much for being oh here today. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, you are. You're, you're a legend. Well, I'm so glad to be talking with the amazing Bridget Todd and
4: what a service you're doing for the public, providing this uh, information out about
0: some of the stories that are not as well known. Exactly. That's really what we want to do with this series. Everybody feels like they know a lot about abortion and about you know, reproductive health. But there are so many stories about abortion in choice that people might not know. You know, the Jane Network was such a critical thing for these women who were living, you know, while, before Roe v. Wade was enacted. And, you know, people don't even really know about it.
4: Glad to describe uh, both how it came about. And and, uh, I appreciate your spreading the word to let people know that if we organize, we can change the world. We have changed the world and we need to change the world. And the story of organizing the Jane Network is, is one important example of that.
0: So let's talk about Jane. So when you started Jane, you were just a 19 year old student at the University of Chicago. So what was your life like before you started Jane?
4: So a little bit about my life and also a little bit about what women's lives were like in general. Uh, For me, I was brought up in a family uh, that was very loving and believed that people should uh, follow the golden rule. We should treat each other as we wanted to be treated. And I carried that with me. Uh, I became active in the civil rights movement. In 1964, I went to Mississippi with the Freedom Summer Project. And some of you may have heard about it because that was a time when The Civil Rights Movement was recruiting northern students to come down to Mississippi because in Mississippi, black lives did not matter in 1964, and they thought that the attention of northern students might bring additional uh, visibility and potential power to shine a spotlight on what was going on in Mississippi. And during that summer, the three young men, Andrew Goodman, James Cheney, and Michael Schwerner, were killed at the hands of the Klan. What people may not know is that while they were looking for the bodies of the three men, they found bodies of other black men whose hands had been bound or feet chopped off, and those murders weren't even investigated once the bodies were found until years later. But because people organized, there was a Voting Rights Act within a year, And Mississippi now has more African-American elected officials than any other state in the country. I mention that because it was formative for some of the ideas that led to Jane, which is that you have to stand up to unjust authority. If you take action, you can make change. And that sometimes there even are risks. But together, we can really build a better world. I returned back to my campus. And a friend of mine had been raped at Nice Point in her bed in off-campus housing. We went with her to Student Health to get a gynecological exam for her, but was told that Student Health didn't cover gynecological exams, and she was given a lecture on her promiscuity. Now, because we sat with her, they called it a sit-in. But over time, because people protested and organized, now Student Health would cover gynecological exams and. People would be given careful, com- uh, comforting uh, counseling, and there also is uh, uh, support and attention about the crisis of rape on campus. Those changes happen because people organized. We still have much further to go. There's still our attacks on women's health. Planned Parenthood is under attack, but we make progress when we organize. And those were some of the lessons that I learned also from the civil rights movement. On the campus, to give a sense, though, of how women were treated broadly, um, I formed a, pulled together a group called the Women Radical Action Program, or RAP, W-R-A-P. And we did studies about um, and supported women to, promote women's positions on campus. This it probably was the first uh, campus women's organization of the new and emerging women's movement in 1965, and we found that professors gave four times as much attention to men's students as to women's students. We called it significant response, how often would a teacher actually engage with the student's And because of that and other things, we found ways to support women on campus. Um, We found there was discrimination against women faculty members. Uh, They mostly were kept as adjunct professors and not allowed on a tenure track. And there were other issues. So people need to understand the emergence of Jane within the context of lessons from an emerging movement in civil rights. Uh, context of uh, changes going on in the society where on the one hand uh, women were at the universities and uh, entering into into public life and yet were not treated equally so there was this emerging women's movement developing and also in the context of uh, values that many of us shared believing that this should be a, a country that Treated all people equally, uh, gave people equal support and uh, and respect.
0: I love that. So really, one of the big takeaways from what you've done with Jane is that organizing and people power can really change culture and change laws and change lives. That you know, oftentimes we feel at least I feel, overwhelmed that, oh, just little old me, what can I do to, to change this? This seems so bad or up against so many fights. But actually, if, you're, if you really work hard and organize, you can change things.
4: Um, absolutely. Absolutely. To bring us up to Jane to explain how my involvement with that and how that developed, against this backdrop, um, a friend of mine told me his sister was pregnant and was nearly suicidal because she wasn't ready to have a baby, and she wanted an abortion. I had never thought about the issue before that I recall, and I've never had to face the issue myself, but I said I'd try to do what I could do to help, again, sort of as part of the golden rule, trying to do one to others. I went to the network of uh, doctors from the Medical Committee for Human Rights, which was the civil rights medical arm, and I found a doctor, Dr. T.R.M. Howard, who had a clinic on 63rd Street in Chicago, a friendship clinic. Um, I didn't know his history at the time, but he had been a dynamic civil rights leader in Mississippi and came to Chicago when his name appeared on a Klan death list. I called him up. He agreed to do the procedure. Actually, I didn't really think much more about it. But word must have spread because a short time later, someone else called. I thought it was a coincidence. And then word must have spread and someone else called. At that point, I realized there really was a broader problem that needed to be addressed. And being an organizer, I Decided to create a system and called it Jane. Over time, the women of Jane themselves performed 11,000 abortions between 1965 and 1973 when Roe became the law of the land. And the experience of Jane both improved the lives of the women who came through, who were looking for a way to decide when or whether they could have a child. It changed the lives of the women who were in Jane, letting them know what they could do to improve the lives of women uh, on a broad scale. And it also provided a basis, uh, giving people confidence, I hope now, to say we can make change if we organize.
0: So let's say that I'm a woman who calls Jane. Can you walk me through the logistics? Once I call, what happened? Well,
4: first there were two um, kind of two or three eras of Jane, eras. <laughs> um, when I first started it, it was a very small service. It just kept growing and growing. When it started, someone would call up and ask for Jane. And uh, even before they said they were asking for Jane, I knew immediately there was a sort of hesitant pause on the phone, and I just knew immediately what they were probably calling about. Um, they would say what that they usually said, some version, that they were pregnant um, and were looking for an abortion. For some women, we do the counseling on the phone. We then try and arrange a time where they could come in and have a longer conversation, I could talk with them and uh, find out what the details were, how long they were, uh, had been pregnant, what their medical history was a little bit, um, and then we we'll would just go through the details of what to expect. Um, they want to know what, how long does it take, would there be pain, are there side effects, what do you need to do afterward, how to take care of yourself. If there are any uh, medical complications, uh, what they need to do, who they call, we go through how much it cost. Initially, Jane cost $500, Though um, so we negotiated down the price as the number of people came through. We then went for two for the price of one, so we got it down to $250. We then even sometimes got three for the price of one. We sometimes... I uh, would ask for a special uh, arrangement if uh, someone didn't have money, um, and then we arranged where people would go, where they would meet, how they would get picked up, um, that someone should be with them to take care of them, um, you know, to be with them as they as they left after the procedure. Uh, That was the first stage of Jane, where I was doing the counseling, and Dr. Howard had explained to me in a lot of detail uh, what was involved. Dr. Howard died natural causes, and I found another person to provide the procedures. His name was Mike, and uh, we basically had the same process, uh, though he uh, had a suburban uh, effort, and um, the numbers were increasing so much as the numbers of people coming through. I was about to have my first child, and I was very busy in many other things, getting a graduate degree, um, working on other social change issues, and I realized I couldn't handle it all just myself, and so... I decided I needed to recruit other people to be involved with this, and I'd go to meetings, and at the end of the meeting would say, if anyone wants to be involved in abortion counseling, uh, please see me. And I recruited a number of people, we did a training, and uh, made sure that everyone understood the process and would provide the high quality of care that we wanted to see for all the women. Who came through. Um, And then, with that, I turned over the effort to another group of women. Uh, Jody Parsons and Ruth Sergo were the two lead women who uh, helped coordinate it at that point. As the numbers increased, more hands were needed. One person doing the procedures wasn't going to be enough. And then Uh, It also turned out that the women then were helping Mike do the procedures, and then Mike shared that he actually wasn't a licensed physician, and they thought, well, if he could do it, so could they. Now, though this was the women doing the procedures, starting to learn how to do the procedures, it was actually probably safer than this medical procedure being done in a hospital or clinic or other setting. Partly because it was illegal, uh, everyone wanted it to be as safe as possible, so that no one would be harmed, no one would be, uh, it, there wouldn't be a, uh, an adverse effect. It also was a women's culture, we cared about women, and so the priority wasn't the profit-making, It was the care for women and for uh, their wishes. There also um, was the only thing that they were doing, and so there was a lot of attention on it. It's not like you were getting lost in the shuffle of, oh, am I doing an appendectomy or am I uh, doing a a different procedure? Um, In fact, at the... um, after Roe became the law of the land, there was a study done by a University of Illinois program called Persectorship, uh, which was about entry into uh, positive medical care within Chicago. And they did an analysis of the outcomes from Jane and the outcomes from clinic service for abortion and found that the results from Jane were more positive than the results in a clinic setting. Wow. Again, I think for the reasons that I just mentioned. So uh, at that point, the women started to take on doing procedures themselves. And in the course of that, there was a larger group that was recruited to actually be the service, which is what we called it, uh, what they called it, Jane, or the service. And as women came in, there was a, a front or one apartment, someone's apartment, that was designed in a very cozy, homey, uh, supportive way. Uh, sometimes there were kids there, and a number of wait- uh, women who would be waiting for their uh, own procedure uh, would gather there and, uh, in a supportive environment, and then they would be taken to the uh, apartment where the procedures would be done, and then they were supported and given care while they were recovering from the procedure, and then would be sent off with full information um, about what to do, if there are any issues, as there often are with any medical procedure, and given help, and then uh, told numbers to call, and uh, people could be in touch with them, uh, afterward, to make sure that everything worked out okay. So that was the broad process. There's a book about Jane by Laura Kaplan called Jane, uh, I think it's Jane and Abortion Story. There's also a movie about it. And actually, I, I'm now told there's at least two Hollywood made movies that are being made about Jane, as well as a new documentary. And there are more details of it captured uh, in the book uh, that Laura Kaplan wrote about
0: Jane. So, Heather, now you're part of this really robust tradition of Jewish activism. I actually read someplace that at one point you wanted to be a rabbi, but that you heard that women couldn't be rabbis. Do you feel like your background as, you know, part of the robust legacy of Jewish activism and social change work, did that also impact your work with Jane?
4: It did. It was part of my moral uh, upbringing. I believed, as uh, it's said in the Bible, uh, justice, justice, thou shall pursue, saying justice twice because it's that important. Really believing uh, that the stories of the prophets uh, should guide us in some ways, that uh, it's the people who should rise, and not just those uh, in wealth and power. Um, there also was a history of struggle, of uh, you know, the Passover story, Passover's coming, and the story of people even going 40 years in the desert to a, to a land of greater promise uh, to, to escape oppression, And I believe that that was a tradition that was worth embracing. So that was part of the moral upbringing that I had uh, and have tried to carry that on into uh, the organizing work I've done. And since that time, I've tried to carry it on in so many ways. I started a training center for organizers called Midwest Academy, people I encourage your listeners to pursue Midwest Academy because it's a, it's a place to learn the skills of organizing. Um, their, their website is www.midwestacademy.com. Um, I've also ended up running some large-scale organizations or advising them. I was strategic advisor for the immigration reform campaign, with the Alliance for Citizenship. I ran a campaign for financial reform that won the Dodd-Frank bill. I uh, was the coordinator around the marriage equality uh, campaign. Um, I just was the field director around the campaign to stop these uh, tax breaks for the millionaires and billionaires that will mean that there will be an excuse to make Uh, Cuts in Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, and education, and other essential human services. So the struggle continues. And right now, people, I think, especially need to learn this lesson that even when times seem the most difficult, we can make progress if we organize. And if we organize, we can change the world, and we need to change the world.
0: I could not have put it better myself. These fights are still fights that need to be fought, and we can get complacent and we can get comfortable, but as you said, we need to be organizing, and I'm, I'm so glad that you're in the fight doing this work with us because we need you, Heather, and I'm so glad that we have you. Well, and I'm so glad that we have
4: you uh, to spread the word, spread the message. I'm so glad we have those who are listening in. I hope they'll take—they probably have been taking action— We need to continue taking action and unify and give people confidence that we can organize. And when we organize, even in times that seem the most difficult, we have changed the world in the past, and we can change the world for the future. Let's take
0: a quick break. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. Here's how you can join in. Head to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hi, it's Bridget Todd, host of There Are No Girls on the Internet. Listen, technology has made our lives easier in some ways. Visit railstotrails.org slash iHeart and on social media at Rails to So in 2024, one of my goals is to finally get serious about my finances. It's been kind of a big emotional thing for me. Thinking about money historically has caused me a lot of anxiety and stress because I have a lot of trauma related to money. And if you can relate, if that sounds like you, check out Fearless Finance. They can answer your questions and help you achieve your goals. No question is too small. No problem is too big. Fearless Finance is making financial advice more affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually, and they charge by the hour. Visit fearlessfinance.com today to get started. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit. And you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use code GIRLS.
1: My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant.
0: Well, Spinty listeners, now I know abortion can seem like an issue that we no longer have to fight for like we did in the 70s. Okay, hi, it's 2022, Bridget, and wow, how wrong I was. So right here in the original episode, I started going on and on about how even though Roe was the law of the land, we still needed to be vigilant because of state-based attacks on abortion. And now, here we are in 2022, and as you know, Roe versus Wade has been overturned. And even though it is truly devastating, abortion advocates have been preparing for this moment for a very long time. There are organized networks of abortion funds and bail funds and providers who are ready to assist folks looking for abortions. We're not in a place where scrappy college kids need to invent underground collectives out of whole cloth like Heather did with the Jane Collective back in the 70s. There are people who care and who want to help who are prepared for this moment. Go to abortionfunds.org and support them. And, you know, in this moment, which I know seems so dark and so tough, remember, we are the majority. There are more of us than there are of them. And we won't back down. If you're looking for ways to support the show, check out our merch store at tangodi.com slash store. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi? You can reach us at hello at tangodi.com. You can also find transcripts for today's episode at tangody.com. There Are No Girls on the Internet was created by me, Bridget Todd. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. Edited by Joey Pat. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our producer and sound engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. If you want to help us grow, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd here. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health, that's iHeartRadio.com RTP.
3: Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Bomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Bomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you.
0: Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too.